You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Today, just so you know, is going to look a little bit different uh, because we are kind of in between sermon series. We typically do sermon series preaching around here, and we just ended a 10-week series over our values, and we intentionally put in these standalone weeks before our next series uh, because we really want to be able to open up some space uh, for God to say, like, here's what I want to say right now. Because we typically plan our sermon series like six months to a year out in advance. And so we love to have these moments where it's like, I call it a right now word. So what right now do you want to say to our church, God? And so as I was preparing for this week, instead of like sharing just one thing, I felt like God gave me two things to share. So the message will only be about two hours today. Uh, don't worry about it. We'll make it for this for the late kickoff. No, I'm, I'm joking. Um, instead of doing one big message, I want to do kind of two mini messages today. And first, I want to talk a few minutes about water baptism. You heard Sydney. She just mentioned that today is a, is, is a day where we're going to be baptizing people after today's service. And I'm so excited. Like these days are some of my favorite days in the history of our church. I'm looking around and I'm seeing some of you that experienced that. And uh, I'm telling you, those are some of my favorite memories. And just so you know, you're invited to hang out afterwards because it's a massive party. And so we'll all just like hang out. It'll be right out there. And I would love to invite you here. But here's also what I've discovered. Through a lot of conversations, I think that a lot of times there are a lot of questions that people have, or even some confusion around this whole idea of water baptism. And so today, all I wanna do first is I wanna answer some questions that maybe you've asked about water baptism. I'm gonna answer three questions. One, I'm gonna answer, what is it? Two, I'm gonna answer, what is it not? And then three, I'm gonna answer the question, why do it? So let's start with that very first question, What? is it. And here's my best definition of water baptism. It is a public celebration, an outward declaration of the internal transformation. I'm just rhyming here that you've experienced through your personal relationship with Jesus. That's what it is. That water baptism is a public celebration, an outward declaration of the internal transformation that you've experienced through your personal relationship with Jesus. Now, if you are new to our church, you need to know that every single week at our church, we create a very private, intimate moment for people to either start or restart their relationship with God. We've done it from the very first week of our church. But listen, that relationship was never meant to stay private, never. In fact, no significant relationship is ever meant to stay private. Like, could you imagine if on my wedding day, 18 and a half years ago, in Atlanta, Georgia, on May 22nd, 2004, if I told my beautiful wife, Heather, hey, listen, babe, I love you. 
with all my heart. Like you're amazing. You're the most amazing person that I've ever met. I want to be your husband till death do us part through every single good day, every bad day, every ugly day, every blah day and everything in between. I wanna share my entire life with you. I wanna give you my whole life and I'm gonna be faithful to you and I promise to cherish you for the rest of my life. But here's the thing. I just don't want anybody to know about our relationship. Like this is so special. I just want this to stay private. Come on, how many of you know that that probably would not have ended well? She probably wouldn't have signed up if that's what I would approach her with. Come on, I'm doing, a, I'm doing a, a marriage group with a group of guys trying to be better husbands. Any, any of my guys that are in here right now, just see, come on, check, see if you come right there, my guys, my guys right there, front and center. Come on, that's, that's right, gentlemen, that's what we do. Okay, if you're in my group, I may call you out in church. So just, uh, we have some guys. And we've been trying to be better husbands. How many of you guys know that that wasn't one of the chapters that we covered in the book? Like, hey, like, just stay private with your whole marriage thing. no because that, that's, she wouldn't have ever signed up. Significant relationships aren't meant to be private. They're meant to be public. And um, it's the same with your faith. Like your faith was never meant to be private, it was meant to be public. And maybe your salvation moment may have been private. Maybe it was at our church and it was in one of those moments where I had people bow their head and close their eyes and we created this intimate moment. And just between you and God, you gave your life to him or maybe you, you, you gave it to him again and you, read, you rededicated your life and you received the free gift of grace. And maybe it was this very intimate private moment, but the Bible is very clear that water baptism always follows salvation. It's not a suggestion, it's a command. Baptism is not something you do when you feel ready, it's something you do after you've been saved. Because if you wanna know what it really is, water baptism is going public with your faith. It's letting the whole world know, like the shirts we're gonna give every single person, I have decided to follow Jesus and I'm not turning back. It's like Buddy the Elf, where he says like, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. That's what it is. It's going public with your faith. It's the wedding ring. I like to call it the wedding ring of Christianity. And listen, I don't wear this wedding ring for Heather. Like listen, she knows that I'm committed to her. I looked her in the eyes on May 22nd, 2004, 18 and a half years ago and said, I give you my life and I've been proving it every day since. I do not wear this for her. I wear this for everybody else. I wear it to let the whole world know, like your boy is taken. Like you can't have any of this. Like that's why I wear this. But water baptism is so much more than just going public with your faith. It's also this outward declaration of an internal transformation. In other words, it's expressing on the outside what God has already done on the inside. I love what Colossians chapter two, verse 12 says, because it paints this picture. It says, for you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. 
And with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. And here's what this verse is saying. It's saying that, that baptism is really two things. One, it is a funeral. It is where your old life gets buried. But it's not just a funeral. It's also a resurrection. It's where you are raised to new life, where you get to share in the experience of what Jesus has already done, where he was raised to new life. And because of what he's done, you are now raised to new life. So what is it? Water baptism is a public celebration and outward declaration of the internal transformation that you've experienced through your personal relationship with Jesus. And that leads us to question number two which is, what is it not? What is it not? And baptism is not salvation. Like getting baptized doesn't save you. Getting dunked in water in front of a big group of people doesn't earn your way into heaven. It doesn't forgive your sins. Now, I actually grew up in a denomination that taught that you had to be baptized to be saved. And, and, and that's just not true. And here's why that can't be true. Because the Bible is very clear that God, listen, never attached any work to the gift of salvation. It is free. It is not something that we can earn. It's not something that we can deserve. It is a gift. And the second that you earn a gift, it is no longer a gift. It is is completely free. You can't earn it or deserve it. You can only, like all gifts, you can only receive it. That's why Ephesians chapter two, verse eight and nine, it says that God saved you by his grace, not by your actions. We're saved by his grace when you believe. That's our role. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, including being baptized. So none of us can boast about it. So what is it not? It's not salvation. And then there's question number three. Here's the important one. It's the one I like the most. Why? So why do it? Let me give you two reasons. Number one, Jesus modeled it. In other words, Jesus himself was baptized. Let me read this to you. Let me show you. This is Matthew chapter three. It says, starting in verse 13, it says, then Jesus, he went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, but John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? He's like, you're Jesus. You're the son of God. You're the savior. You're my Lord. So why in the world would I ever baptize you? You need to be the one baptizing me. But listen to what Jesus said. And I want you to pay attention to how strong his language is in this next verse. He says, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. And after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Now, I don't know if that's gonna happen today. That'd be awesome if it did. 
But here's what I believe. I believe that even if the spirit doesn't descend like a dove, that God is up there saying, I am so proud of you for making that decision today. And so why do we do it? Jesus modeled it. And by the way, if you want to know what Christianity is all about, it is about following Jesus. Like if you've been saved, if you've received the free gift of grace, that's what you signed up for. Like you signed up to follow Jesus. So here's what that means. If Jesus was baptized, I'm gonna follow Jesus and be baptized, whether I want to or not, whether I don't wanna get my hair wet or not. Like that's all I need to say yes. Why? Simply because I'm a follower of Jesus. And if that was it, that would be enough. But he also gives us another reason. Not only did he model it, the second reason is Jesus commissioned it. And this is what it says in Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18, it says, Jesus, he came and he told his followers, his disciples, I've been given all authority and in heaven and on earth, I'm in charge. Therefore, here's what I want you to do. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now these verses are known as the Great Commission. In other words, it's the mission that Jesus, after he was raised from the dead, before he ascended into heaven, this is the mission that Jesus himself gave his followers. And, um, and by the way, this is actually where we get our mission as a church. We did a series on this um, back in, back in uh, August. We did a series called Why We Exist. And we talked about how our mission, we exist to reach all people and to teach them to have a relationship with God that gets better and better is our way of articulating the Great Commission. And inside of this mission, Jesus himself gave us the mission to baptize people. And by the way, this is the great commission, not the great suggestion. So why do we do it? Because Jesus himself, he modeled it and we follow Jesus. But then second, he commissioned us. So you need to know that this is such an important, powerful step in your spiritual journey. And maybe for whatever reason, you've never taken that step. Maybe you've never been baptized. I invite you to take that step today. Like, don't wait, don't put it off. We have literally everything you need today to be baptized. Maybe you were baptized as a child and you didn't know what you were doing. Or maybe it wasn't even your choice. Maybe your parents made that decision for you. I invite you that today you can make that choice for yourself. Maybe you were baptized in the past, but since you were baptized, like there was a season of your life where you walked away from God. And recently, man, God has done a deep work on the inside of you. And, and like you've come back to God, you've recommitted your life to God. And I invite you to solidify that commitment, to go public with your faith, and to once and for all know that you know that you know that you have buried an old life and that you've been raised to the new life that God has for you.
And if you didn't come prepared, like I said, that's okay. We actually are prepared for you. We've got everything you need. We got a change of clothes. We got towel. We got everything you need to make that decision today. All we need is your yes for you to experience that today. And I'll tell you at the very end, if that's you, what you should do. And that's the first thing that was on my heart to share. But I've got one other thing that I want to share today. And I want to share that, um, that today, it's, it's actually the number one thing that I've learned since we started our church a little over four years ago. Um, I, I've, I've been, our church just turned four back in September, and we've been in this series where we've been talking about our values. And I've just felt so nostalgic during all of it. I've just been just reminded of all that God has done. I've been reminded of who God has called us to be as a church. So I started thinking about, God, what's the number one thing that you've taught me over the last four years? And truly, it's what the number one thing he's taught me over the last eight years. From the random Tuesday in 2014, when God first spoke to me about planning a life-giving church until today, November 20th, 2022. Now, Throughout that time, I can tell you this, I have learned a whole lot. I mean, I could sit down and talk to you for a very long time about all the things that I've learned, but here is the number one thing that I've learned, and it's this principle, and I would really love if you wrote this down, but more importantly, I've been praying that this sinks deep into your heart today, and here's the number one thing that I've learned. It's this principle, that success is obedience, period. If you want to ask me, what is the number one thing that I've learned? It is that success is obedience. And here's the truth. Let me break this down because your definition of success is so important. Like it is such an important thing because here's why. It will drive you. That we are driven. We are motivated by our definition of success. And most of the time I've discovered that we define success by results. In other words, we are successful when the results tell us that we are successful. So success is often based on things like how much money we make or how big we grow the business how many sales that we make, how many clients or accounts that we can manage, how high we get promoted or how high we can climb the ladder or how many followers that we end up having or how many degrees we can earn or, or if you're a student, like what's the grades that you can make at the end of every semester, whatever your world is, more than likely success is often defined by results. A lot of us are probably about to go through this process of end of the year evaluations at our jobs. And a lot of times we are evaluated by the results. So if the results are good, then you had a successful year. If the results are bad, then you had a very unsuccessful year. Oftentimes, that's what success is defined by. And oftentimes it's the same with my world in ministry and church world. Success is often defined by results, I feel the gravitational pull for success to be defined by things like how big is the church? What's the attendance? 
Like how many people are coming to services? How many people watch online? Like, or it even could be like really good results. Like how much life change is happening? How many people are getting saved? How many people today are getting baptized? So if a lot of people get baptized and it's a successful water baptism today, if it's not, then it's unsuccessful. It's how many people are in groups? How many people went through growth track? How many people are serving? There's all these things that often define success. Even in preaching, even in something like this, success can so easily be defined by the results. Like, how did I deliver everything? Did I deliver it the way that I should have delivered it? Did I use good public speaking skills? And did I do all those things? Or it could be things like, how many people got saved? You know, in just a moment, how many, how many hands were raised? And then there's even this really dark side of preaching that nobody wants to talk about, but I will because I ain't scared, okay? There's things like, okay, you're successful because of the response of the crowd. So you're, you're you, like, how, how many people shouted you down? And how many times people said amen? And how many times people said that that's good? If nobody said it was good, was it really good? And it's these moments where it's like, what was the response? Do people laugh at your jokes? Do people, did like people really lean in? And then there's even these things that like are really kind of, oh, it's gross, but it's true. That there's times where you could be like, okay, I'm successful because I got four compliments in the, in the lobby afterwards. That's such a great message, pastor. And a lot of times it's like, well, I'm successful because of that by people's response. I'm successful because how many people posted on social media about the message today? There's all these things. All that is success is results. But here's what I've learned. I've learned that if success is results, people, it is never enough. It's like a carrot on a stick. And as soon as you get there, like you want more. As soon as you think that you've arrived, there's actually more to do. And like, for example, you'll never make enough money to where you'll be like, you know what, I'm good. We probably shouldn't ever care about this anymore. Like your business will never grow enough to say, all right, guys, you call a big conference, like a good meeting and everybody comes into the big conference room. Like, guys, guess what? We made it. We made it. Like, let's shut it down. Let's go into cruise control. Let's kind of coast till 2035. Like we're good. And it's the same with me, same with what I do. Like, listen, if... If success is the church growing to a thousand people, what will happen when we get to a thousand people? I'll tell you, I want to get to 2000. Not because I want to be a big church, but I do want to make unapologetically a big difference. That as long as there's air in my lungs, as long as my heart is beating, that we are a church that is on mission. And as long as there is lost, hurting, broken people in our city, we will do everything that we can to be able to reach people and to teach them to have a relationship with God that gets better and better. As long as there's people that are addicted, as long as there are marriages that are hanging on by a thread, as long as there's people that literally have no purpose in their life, we will do like, we still got things to do. And so even if we reach a certain spot, like, I, like I'm not gonna be, oh, cool guys, we did it. Like as long as there's any person breathing in the greater Cincinnati area, the 2.1 million people, that in there, if, we, if by God's grace, we reach everybody there, guess what we'll do? We'll start looking for other places. Why? Because it's not, it's, not, it's not about that. 
And so like that, that's so important to be able to do that. Listen, in the first 218 weeks of our church, get ready to celebrate. This is a good celebration thing. We've had 1,125 people tell us that they made the decision to follow Jesus. Come on, give God praise right there. He deserves the glory there. Listen, that, that, isn't that amazing? In less than four years to have 1,125 people not just make a decision, tell us they made the decision, that they made that. And that also, well, guess what? We're not ever going to be like, well, that's enough. That's good. What a great result. That's success. Let's stop. No, we'll never do that. Because even if, that, if that's our definition of success, it's never enough. And listen, if that is the type of stuff that's your definition of success, you'll never feel like you're winning. Ever. Because there's always more. There's always things to do. That's why I am convinced, heart and soul, with everything that I have, biggest thing that I've learned, success is obedience, not results. Success is obedience. And the cool thing is, I've been looking for this in the Bible since God has really started speaking this to me. And I started seeing it over and over again in the Bible. And here's my favorite example of this in the Bible. And when I first found this, I'm telling you, my heart exploded. And I hope that happens to you today. This is what it says in Joshua chapter one, starting in verse seven. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. So let's pause right there. And let, at this time, as this was written, uh, what he's talking about when he says the instructions Moses gave you was actually this, this theological term called the Pentateuch. Isn't that a good word? Why don't you say that word on the count of three? One, two, three, Pentateuch. Oh yeah, doesn't that feel good? Just kind of rolls off the tongue. And it's like a very fancy way to say it's the first five books of the Old Testament. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That is the Pentateuch. And so, in other words, like that, at that time, it was the written word of God. So when he says, be careful to obey the instructions Moses gave you, it's like he's saying, be careful to obey the word of God. Now, in 2022, we don't just have the Pentateuch. We have 66 books of the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And now because of Jesus, we also have direct access to the voice of God. So today you can actually read it as this, like be careful to obey the word of God, his written word and his spoken word. And then it goes on to say, and don't deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. In other words, that when God speaks to you, don't go to the right or to the left, like stay right on what he says. Then it says, then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Biblically, success is obedience. Now, here's what that means. See, this verse means that no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, 
no matter what stage of life you find yourself in, no matter your career, no matter what you do for a job, no matter how long you've been following Jesus, we all have the same exact assignment. Every single one of us has this assignment to be as close to God as we possibly can relationally so that we can hear his voice over all the competing voices in this world and then just simply have the courage to do what he ever he tells us to do. That is your assignment. I don't care what your job is or what your profession is, what your career path is, what you majored in in college. Let me tell you that what your assignment by God is, is that he wants to be so close and he paid the ultimate price of his son to have a close relationship with you so that you can be close to him enough to where he can give you, you know that old school, this is aging me a little bit, but before cell phones and you just had a landline and somebody do it's like, hey, it's me. You ever did that? Like somebody just, and you didn't know who it was. You know, the only people you knew that, hey, it's me, was people you were really close with. That's the type of relationship that God ha wants to have with you. Where he says, guys, hey, it's me. And you know exactly who it is. Like you can hear his voice over all the competing voices. And what he says is like, you wanna know, you wanna be successful? Do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it, the way I told you to do it. Like he's like, that is success. That is our, and if you do that, you are successful no matter the results. Let me get very practical for a moment because in my life, here's how I've seen this. So launch Sunday on September 16th, 2018, we were not successful because 642 people showed up to Withrow High School on launch Sunday with 42 people giving their life to Jesus on day one of our church. Like we weren't successful because of that. No, launch Sunday was successful because we heard God about starting a brand new life-giving church in a city where we only knew one family, where we had never lived before, but we had the courage to step out in faith and do what he told us to do. See, let me give you another example. Leading our church through the pandemic. Let me tell you, let me be honest, that was brutal. It was so hard to lead anything during that time. Leaders were questioned every single day. And it was like, there was such a burden and a weight of what could we do, what could we not do? Well, what if we make the wrong choice? What's gonna happen to our church? I'm telling you, portable churches during that time, our church was a year and a half old when the pandemic hit. And there was churches that were portable, that were in our situation, that I'd get calls almost every single day that they couldn't keep their doors open. And man, it was so hard. And I'm telling you, we weren't successful because we got through all that and our church kept going. And somehow in the midst of it, we managed not to tick off a whole bunch of people. No, we were successful because during that very, very tough leadership season, I can tell you with full authority, moral authority of what we did during that time, is that our leadership team and our lead team got together and we prayed and we seeked the voice of God, declaring James 1.5, if any of you needs wisdom, ask and he'll give it to you. And so we just kept asking, God, would you give us wisdom? And then we just tried to just simply do whatever he told us to do throughout that entire season. That's what we did. Another example is like this message right now. It is not successful because of the results or your response. That would be all results-based. No, this, this message is successful because I know 
that I did the hard work of hearing God on what he wanted for us today. And I have had the courage by God's grace to say in public what he told me to say in private, the way he told me to say it. Listen, in my parenting, like the, the way that Heather and I raise our two little boys, my parenting isn't successful based on the choices my kids make or how they turn out, the job that they seek, the education that they, that they have, the grades that they make. Listen, all that is results-based success. No, my parenting is successful because I got my face in this book and I'm trying to learn how God wants me to be a parent and then I'm gonna do my very best to be the dad that he's calling me to be every single day. I'm telling you, every single area of our life, if I could sit down with you and have coffee and we could talk about how whatever you do, whatever your life looks like, I'm telling you, success is obedience, not results. So here's the big question today, church. You wanna know the so what of this message is this. What is God speaking to you right now? We, we actually have you ask this almost every single week of our church, but I make it at the very end, bow your head, close your eyes. Hey, I want you to ask, what is God saying? But my question is with every eye open, what is God saying? What is God saying to you right now? What has he been speaking to you over the last week? What has he been leading you to do over the last week, the last month, the last year, the last 10 years that maybe you have yet to do? What is he speaking to you right now? Is there any area in your life where you know that you need to obey? Maybe it's in your relationships. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your parenting. Maybe it's something with your lifestyle. Maybe it's a job or career. Maybe you need to start something. Maybe you need to stop something. That no matter what it is, I unapologetically am getting up in your face and I am challenging you to do whatever God is saying. Like no matter if it's uncomfortable and it's outside of your comfort zone, no matter if it's something that you've never done before, no matter if it means that maybe you'll look a certain way, no matter if it's easy or if it's hard, no matter what it is, like I'm telling you, that's the church that I want us to be. That's the church that I want to lead, that I want to, I want to charge all seven of these hills with people who say, you know what? I will obey God, whatever he's asking me to do, no matter what. I want people who have this mentality in Jeremiah chapter 42, verse six, that says, whether we like it or not, we will obey the Lord. And that's because we follow him. Whether we like it or not, we will obey the Lord our God to whom we are sending you with our plea. For if, if, if we obey him, everything will turn out well for us. Success is obedience, period. Come on, if you believe that, won't you say amen right there? Amen. Make me feel good. Okay, okay. <laughs> Bow your head, close your eyes. Bow your head. Let's, let's ask God that. Create some space in your mind and in your heart and just ask him, what are you saying to me today? Ask him, is there anything that, that you want me to do today? Is there any way 
God, that you need me to be obedient. And just ask him. Ask him, what does my response need to be today? I desperately am just trying to teach you to hear God and then literally just have the courage to do what he's asking you to do. And I believe with all my heart that even in the chaos of our busy lives and in the the chaos of what's happening around us, in our world, in our culture, I believe that it's so important that we gather together on Sundays, that we lift up the name of Jesus, that we create space in our life and in our heart and we just calm everything down. And we just say, God, what are you saying to me? I believe with all my heart, he's saying something specific and unique to you today. And he's gonna give you an opportunity to obey. And let me just remind you, success is obedience. Maybe it's a relationship that you need to make right. Maybe it's a friend, a spouse, a parent. Maybe it's, you've been walking around with unforgiveness bitterness and you you just need to deal with that today maybe for some of you it's literally i just need to change my definition of success i've been chasing the carrot on a stick and it's never enough that's actually called repentance it's when you change your mind that leads to a change in direction and maybe it's saying no i want to line up my mind and my definition of success to obedience not results Maybe today, for you to be obedient to what God is saying, maybe you need to be baptized today. Maybe you've put it off, but now, because some pastor stood up here and taught you this principle, now you know it's an obedience thing. Maybe you're here and you need to get right with God. Before you do anything else, you know that my relationship with God isn't where it needs to be. Maybe you've never made the decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you've never made the decision to give him your life and receive the free gift of grace, but maybe you have in the past. But today you need to rededicate your life to him. You need, you need a fresh start. We wanna give you that opportunity today. We're not gonna point you out, make you come forward or embarrass you. All I wanna do is lead you in a simple prayer. And it's why we create this private intimate moment so that just you and God, that you can make this decision. But I'm gonna ask you to take one step of faith. It's an act of humility to raise your hand and say, God, I give you my life. I need you. So whether that's for the first time or it's all over again, and you wanna be included in that prayer, that's your decision today. That's what obedience looks like today for you. If you're here and you wanna be included in that prayer, on the count of three, I want you to boldly put your hand up in the air and say, God, I receive, I need you. If you're, that's you, count of three, one, two, three. If that's you, put it up, put it up, put it up, put it up. That's awesome. Hands up, hands up, hands up. It's awesome. So proud of you. So proud of you. So proud of you. It's amazing. It's amazing. Anybody else? So proud of you. That's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. You put your hand down and pray something like this. Just say, Jesus, I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. I repent. Will you come right now? And will you live inside me? I invite you into my life. Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? I surrender my life 
everything. I give you my life, everything. And Jesus, today, I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your fresh start. And today, I make the decision to follow you. I give you my life and I thank you so much for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said a loud amen. Come on, church. Can you clap your hands? Come on. There was hands that went up everywhere. People that made the best decision of their life. Come on, tell them that you're proud of them. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at Queen City People or visit queencitypeople.com.